0: Back in and Bell together.
1: There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now, this will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with Cooper in his village.
0: Well, something it's become a rout.
1: So of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart.
0: Hello and welcome to the final. Here we go! Podcast of what has been. Well, it's been a season. Let's just go. Let's just say that. Um, as me as always with me, we'll have Richard. Hey, how are you doing, Richard? Quite
1: well, Martin. Thank you.
0: Good. It's good to hear. And we have two special guests for you this evening. Firstly, um, returning guests, both of them as well. We'd like to welcome back Shona Duthie. How are you doing, Shona?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: That's no problem. And also welcoming back to the to show, we have Amy Lee Frioli. How are you, Amy Lee?
2: Thank you so much
0: well, for having cool. me back. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no problem. Looking forward to, like I say, we've got a, a hell of a lot to discuss. Um, but what we're going to do first is we're going to look back to Saturday's game and perhaps the, the games under Stephen Glass. Those of you out there that are listening to this, you've heard Richard and I bang on about this. So we're going, to, we're going to cut straight to the guests and see what you think. So Shona, firstly to you, something that we looked at under the games under Stephen Glass is... And is is he is he naive to be so committed to a way of playing? Because even if the players could manage what he's trying to do, it is going to take time to implement. I mean, we've seen what we've seen is perhaps in try to fit some of Derek McInnes's square pegs Into around holes.
2: Yeah, I I I would absolutely agree with that. And I think it's it's interesting the the way that he wants to implement his style of play. You know, he's made it very clear that he's got an idea and he wants this is his football strategy that he wants to do moving forward. So. Obviously, he's, like you say, been fitting McInnes' players into this style of play uh, for now. But, you know, some of the players have proved that they can play that way. And obviously, that's been proved with the contract situation moving forward, obviously, in the summer. So, I don't know if it is too naive. We'll have to wait and see when he actually gets in, you know, the players that he wants in, in Brown and Gallagher. And obviously, there's rumours of others as well. So I think we will have to give him that wee bit of chance to get the players in that he wants and embed them into his style of play as well.
0: I mean, Amy Lee. I mean, is it the end of this season? I mean, do we just do we just write it off as a learning curve? I mean, Aberdeen are too big a club, I think, to sit to do that. Uh, but you no, know, when you get rid of a manager mid-season, we were always going to finish top six and you know touch with European places. Is it fair just to say that that's what we've done?
3: I think I think it's fair to say it's been a learning curve, but I don't think it's fair to to write off the entire season. I think we had two horrible droughts, and it made watching the games every weekend actually quite painful at points. Um, but we also did have at the beginning of the season we were really hopeful. Um, there was a real good run um, at the very beginning um, when I think we looked good, and we've seen some we've seen some good players. Um, I think people like Dean Campbell have really kind of shown um, and in amongst a lot of the other misery that we've kind of experienced this season. So there are things to hold on to. Um, but, yeah, I think the overarching um, the overarching point here is that we really do want to just kind of move on from this season, write it off, and um, thanks for the memories of it, but let's, let's do better next time.
1: Yeah, I think that is a good point because it does get forget- forgotten in the overall narrative that by Christmas we'd actually accumulated 38 points in 19 games. I mean, we we're on course for a point hole in the mid-70s apart from that spell where it's the start of season so the football was never really free-flowing and we did have some damaging defeats even in that first half of the season none more so than the League Cup tie at St Mirren. but yeah I mean it's important to remember that We were at least competent, I suppose, uh, for for about half the season.
3: Yeah, completely. But then also we did, like you say, we had some horrendous defeats. So that 4-1 against Ross County, I mean, um, I don't think we ever want to kind of get back to that. Um, So I think that there have been horrendous defeats. And the St Mirren one you mentioned was one, but that Ross County one really sticks out for me as a point in the season where I just thought there was no coming back.
0: Now, again, we've been, I was going to say you were there, Richard. We've been, um, we've been accused of being negative on this podcast. So I'm going to come to you first with this one. Um, Have you been encouraged by anything you've seen under Stephen Glass so far? I'm going to tease the positivity out of you tonight, Richard.
1: (laughs) I think there's um, definitely been aspects to what he's looking to do, and they've come across pretty clear in the past three games in particular over the last week. you know, I think my concern has been that are we going to have players that are capable of playing that way? Is it wise to play that way when we're heavily outgunned And a game like we, we saw at the weekend um, against uh, the Rangers? I think it's very clear what he's trying to do. Um, I think it will take time to bed in. And, and my concern absolutely is, will we be able to pull together a squad capable of playing that way, particularly the, the players at the back? One thing that you can point to, maybe not in terms of the wins, maybe not in terms of the the number of goals we've actually scored, but the actual, uh, I know people will hate me saying this, but the XG, the expected goals, for the time that Stephen Glass has been in charge, has actually got much better than um, that uh, latter spell under Derek McInnes. So he's been able to turn the ship around to some degree. Obviously, we're still finding scoring goals a real issue, a real problem, Um, and confidence is super low. So I I, I think that's going to play a part. But in terms of creating chances, in terms of Getting things moving a little bit Better in the final third You can see that that is one small Change that has been made It doesn't um, alter the fact that There's a there's a hell of a lot of surgery needed on the side In the summer and um, You know you you still have Concerns about whether he's going to be Fully able to get his ideas across And to implement them completely um, You know we will see that Over the next year, over the next couple Of years but um but yeah, there are, there are things to be encouraged about. If your primary concern was the style of play, which I think it was for, for many people um, under the previous manager, uh, then I think you are going to see something more expansive. I think you are going to see something that is just a, a bit more creative and a bit less um, playing to try and counter at the opposition, to try and nullify the opposition. I think you will see an identifiable, Aberde- an identifiable Aberdeen way of playing.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, that's something we all want to see. I mean, we we saw in um, Dave Cormack's mission statement, didn't we, um, you know, about the about, you know, a squad with young players playing attractive football. Uh, so it's definitely something that the club want to see. I mean, is there anything, obviously, you've been encouraged with so far?
2: Um... <laughs> I really like the fact that the younger guys are being introduced to the squad. Um, I, you know, I know Jack McKenzie had a tough game. I mean, anyone would against that squad, against Rangers on Saturday. But he, I think he's done really well for himself in defence. You know, he's not that young. He, he's, um, you know, he's in his 20s. So he obviously wants to make a name for himself. And I think it's great that these young guys are getting a chance, you know. And as Amy mentioned before, Dean Campbell's sort of proving himself now in midfield too under this style of play. So I think there is... Encouraging signs to move forward, and hopefully we can just look towards that because this season has been pretty <laughs> discouraging uh, in terms of some of our performances before glass came. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, just hope. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the positives more than the negatives, which is quite difficult for the
0: season. Yeah, that's definitely right, uh, isn't it, Amy? That it's 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 really hard to to try and kind of polish what's. What's been a pretty torturous season at times I mean well I was asking Obviously what what have you been encouraged by But also um, what have you seen So have you seen anything so far from glass That maybe discourages you for next season um,
3: well I can't say I'm particularly excited about Scott Brown but I won't go into that um, but in terms of being encouraged um, I do think that it, it, it's very hard as you say to find positives in last last well this season um, but th- that point around the young players I think that's, that's that's really important Calvin Ramsey has really stood out for me um, and also as we just mentioned Jack McKenzie's looked really good and I think if we're going to take anything from this season it's that those young players have kind of had their chance to um, kind of get out and- and, and, and start to have their time on the pitch. So it would be really good going forward to see much more of them. Um, and and that's kind of what I want to see um, Glass doing. I think that he's kind of shown some intention of doing that as well, which I really like.
0: Richard, that's something obviously we've brought up, brought up so many times, even since we started doing this, that we want to see young players breaking through from you know, the, the youth team or the 21s or whatever, you know, and getting into the team. But it's it really is important that um, we're going to obviously discuss the player movement um a little bit later on But it is really important That the right, right people Are brought in To help these players you know Players kick on To another level Isn't
1: it? Yeah uh, You need Always You need The sort of good Experienced pros Around addressing room. But I think the point About Jack McKenzie Is a very interesting one And Shona's right To highlight him In particular As being Not that young I think he's 21 now And he he simply Hadn't had a look in So You know He just wasn't Considered up to the standard Presumably By the previous manager you bring in somebody, the previous manager was inclined to bring in guys like Greg Lee to fill that position, which is not the sort of long-term thinking. And it was harking back, really, to the way that Calderwood did business, just guys in to do a job for maybe one season, two seasons. And I think that was the problem after that first Derek McInnes of side really started falling apart, that it was it was more short-term thinking. Now, obviously, there were a few... Signings that came in And then uh, proved themselves Over so the longer term Joe Lewis being one And Lewis Ferguson being a, a, Another really good example But yeah Too many too many quick fixes Rather than You know Giving a young guy Like Mackenzie The opportunity The space To have a run of games Make mistakes I mean we have to Say that You know the, He has made mistakes So far And you would expect that As a youngster And we as a supporter We're going to Look for our younger players To be given the opportunity We have to be Forgiving Of the mistakes that they are certain to make Um, So that is absolutely encouraging But um, You know, in terms of who we brought in And we we, we can talk about the the specific Characters In a little bit But you know, it's captains It's a guy who was captain of Motherwell Who Although I have to say, I think the Motherwell fans were—they liked him as a player, but weren't quite so keen on him as a captain. Uh, shades of echoes of us with Joe Lewis, I suppose. Um, but Scott Brown, obviously, I, I remember when the news broke about Scott Brown. Obviously, we had the, the conversation on the podcast, and yourself and Tom—I think it was—who uh, um, spoke about his uh, his playing qualities. I, I'm much more optimistic and much more positive about him and what he can bring to us uh, both on the pitch as a player. And uh, in that dressing room, just as a character, as someone who's been through that and, um, they've done it all really domestically in Scotland. Um, obviously, for me, the question marks are about his character and, you know, who knows what sort of coach he'll be. Obviously, that's another aspect of what he's doing here. But, but it is important to have that blend of, of youth and guys who, who know what the score is and can hopefully motivate and bring them on, bring those younger players onto, um, onto the higher levels of the game.
0: Yeah, well, Richard, obviously you mentioned the, we're talking about the players coming in, so we're, we'll talk about about the player movement then. Firstly, obviously we had, um, we had three strikers in on loan. Amy Lee, uh, we'll come to you first on well, on, on Cam Berry. Was there anything there that you saw that would justify him sticking around any longer, or, I mean, the the, the question you really is, is is it the right decision to send them back?
3: I think we probably could have seen more of Cambady and it would have been better to see more of him um kind of once Glass had had a chance to really do what he wants with the team over the summer um, but obviously it doesn't seem like Glass wanted to keep him around um I think that I was really enthused by Cambady's sight like loan signing originally because he's such a big name and I thought he would be really good um for the club but I think um it was just a shame he didn't fit into the team he didn't really click um, and as I say, maybe that would have changed if um, he'd had a bit more time and after the squad shake-up and whatever. Um, but I just I just don't think that the team suited him this season. And I think that he'll probably be better placed somewhere else, actually, at the moment. Um, so it's a shame. It is really a shame. But I just think he was losing balls too easy. He was struggling to get balls in the net. Um, and I, I just
1: don't think he was what we needed at the time that we brought him in. It just felt like a classic bit of Derek McInnes transfer business, didn't it? Um, A guy that had been successful elsewhere in the league. No idea if he'd really fit into our system or shape. And, you know, given the way that things panned out, I don't think he's a guy that you wanted in the trenches when things were going badly. Which, obviously, they have done for the predominant uh, time that he's been here. It certainly didn't end on a high note with him. And I think him being hold off at half-time on... Saturday is uh, probably a, a fair enough uh, reflection on this time
0: here. Yeah, Sean, sure, I think that, no, I think Richard's right there. Him coming off at half time was pretty much, you know, if there was any doubt uh, among the support that he was going to be going back home, um, that surely paid to any, any of that, wasn't it?
2: I, I mean, yeah, he obviously did score a couple of goals, but it just, he just didn't do enough for me personally, for his, you know, the name that comes with him and what we're what we expect to see from him. You know, we've seen when he played for Hibs, he, it, that system sort of suited him, and it did smack of a bit. I feel like all of our loan deals smacked of a bit of desperation because we'd sold Sam Cosgrove, and I'm not even sure if it was McKinnis that actually wanted them in. He made it quite clear that he wasn't happy with the January transfer window, so. Yeah, it just, to me, it wasn't surprising that he's gone back. It's not surprising to me that any of them have gone, to be honest with you, because they weren't glasses choices. You know, he's not brought them in himself. The only person that could really maybe claim a mistake is maybe Callum Henry, but even then, I I don't know if he has done enough for being a number nine and scoring three goals from January.
0: Well, yeah, Richard, I mean, we'll we'll come to to Callum Henry next. Um, No, I mean, he was probably, would it be fair to say, he's probably been the most most impressive of the three. You know, and you know he's he's obviously been a bit busier. He was you know, he puts himself about a bit, but still, I don't think there's really enough. Even even as a club with potential only, Bruce Anderson maybe as a striker next season. It still he still ha- I don't think he did enough to to stake a claim to try and get a contract here, did he?
1: Well, I think he he definitely did the best out of the three of them, both in terms of his actual goal return, um, three and however long it was, twelve games, or whatever and um against his expectations as well and you know my expectations of him in january were that he'd be a useful squad option um but probably not too much more now it turns out he's, he's probably had um something since Stephen glass has been here he's had the he's had the game time of a of a starter as opposed to a squad option given that he's under contract for another year down in perth i'm pretty certain we can pick up somebody to fill his role on a free transfer in the summer, It's able to offer as much, if not more, than Calum Hendry.
0: Well, yeah, Amy, that's the thing with Calum Hendry. Suppose it's 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 very easy just to to pick up pick a guy up who isn't getting a game from St Johnston and maybe trying to fill the squad as a as a backup. Um, the challenge is finding somebody. Um, and I guess it's maybe easier to find somebody who's out of contract than having to shell out a fee, is it
3: yeah um i mean i mean i wasn't I wasn't overly excited about Callum Hendry um coming at all, but I think I, as as Richard mentioned, he's been the best of the three. And I think if we're looking at players to fill the gaps, I know we have money problems, but we need to be looking at long-term options and, and people that are actually going to do what we need them to do in our team. Um, and, and sadly, that wasn't Callum Hendry. I don't think as much as he, he did. He, he did do the best of the three, but he, he just wasn't for us at the moment. And I think that it's the right decision that he's um, he's heading back down to Perth.
0: And of course, the final one, Fraser Hornby, comes comes over from France on loan. Um, a guy who's a guy who's been, you know, been a lot. Of, there was a lot of talk about him. You know, he's he's been well thought of. Obviously, he spent the initially um, signed over there from Everton. We speculated that perhaps he. I, I thought he wasn't seeing much game time because we we were trying to just like inch him back into games, um, but we didn't. I don't think we did not really see anything from him at all, did we?
2: No, not really. And I think it's really unfortunate for him because I think he actually is a talented player and, you know, he's the top goalscorer for Scotland under 21. So he can, you know, turn it on when needs be. But I think it just hasn't worked out for him at Aberdeen at all. He's, you know, he's faced injury. And even when he came on on Saturday, he looked a bit rusty and he missed that sitter from. You know, from inches, you, were, you could have made it uh, pull the goal back for us. But yeah, I just think unfortunately it hasn't worked out for him, and I wasn't surprised to see him go back to France.
1: You see that chance on on Saturday. It kind of, it speaks of two things. It obviously speaks of how rusty he's been, how little match action he's had with us. Obviously he should be scoring that But what I really liked about that To be positive for once Martin um, Was his movement to actually create that chance He he feigned a run to the front post uh, And Goldson bought it And then he peeled away to the back post Brilliantly to to, to give that hedge as That option Um, It's it's just a damn shame That he then bungled the finish um, As um, our strikers have been doing all season um I am kind of in agreement with Shona there absolutely that I think that even even in the sort of limited time we've seen him, I, I I think it was clear that if we if we were able if we'd been able to get him up and running and match fit to in and in, in really motoring, I, I think there's definitely a player there. Uh, and obviously the clubs he's been at, the calibre of the clubs he's been at, the transfer fee he's already gone for would suggest that. I think this is one where you know you take your chances on on guys in January who have been who've been out of action for pretty much all the season. I think he played three games uh, in France, and um, they've been at the start of the season, so he he was rusty as hell when he came here. Obviously, picked up that injury since, and um, yeah, sadly he is going to be remembered for for that miss uh, on Saturday, um, as opposed to maybe the smart play just before it.
0: So we also saw the announcement today that four players will be are being released at the end of their contracts. First one, one we one we all knew about. We knew was coming anyway. Um, probably the one who leaves, I think, with um, probably with the highest regard from the from the from the support is Shay Logan. Guy came in on a on a short six month loan, stayed for what was it six years? I think it was seven years. Was it? Real great servant. Richard, obviously, he's tailed off. I think his ability definitely tailed off. You know, I think the legs started to go a little bit in this last eighteen months, and we saw him not getting much game time this season for speculated contract reasons. Um, And then he had his little his loan spell to the lower league with um, with Hearts, which was an ignominious way to end his Aberdeen career, wasn't it?
1: There's no airs and graces about him, and you can tell that from the way he's uh, embraced his post-football career. I suppose really he came in and he he solved that right back problem. You know, we've been years without a proper full back. We've been sticking centre halves in there. Joe Eiffel was playing out there. You know that sort of that sort of stuff. He just solved it. Likable, committed, but but yeah, I I think his time is up. That said, over the past month, when we've been um, trying out Josh McGuinness Josh McGinness part two at right back, um, I, I do question the um, the sense in actually sending him out on loan to Hearts. Obviously, these are unusual times anyway. I mean, the, the thing about these guys is that here's a, here's somebody who's um, just in the outside of. Uh, are top thirty ever appearance makers, but he's not going to get any sort of send off whatsoever from the support because we can't be at games, which is a great shame for somebody that had uh, obviously such a a good connection with the support as did.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's one thing we we can't accuse uh, accuse him of, Amy. Re- Amy Lee, he did really he really connected with support, and no, I think we took to him almost immediately um, after that game at Tynecastle.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've got so much time and respect for Shea Logan. I think he, he, he's fantastic. And as it is his type of goal, I think... Um, He's had a great time with Aberdeen and it is really, really sad, as you say, that there will be a chance for fans to give him a proper Um, send-off. I think even the point about him going out to Hearts, um, I think it was a little bit of a waste. I think he is one of those people that was still a really reliable sub when you brought him on at the end. He could still make an impact um, and he still had those moments where he kind of showed the player that he once had, had been, um, and so he could have maybe been pretty useful to us in these last couple of months, but I guess what happened, happened, and I think that it is a shame that she has gone in the way that, that he kind of has, but we all knew it was on the cards, we all knew this was his last season, and I think that we're all very grateful for the kind of time experience, the laughs that he's given us, um, and I think that he will be remembered very, very f- fondly um, by the, the fan base.
0: And who knows? I mean, if if rumours are to be believed, um, he might get to come back and might get to say cheerio to him when he if he joins a uh, Cove Rangers, which seems to be, which seems to be the internet jungle drums <laughs> that are going about. So who knows? Uh, next one that was announced was leaving um, was perhaps one who's a little bit more de- divisive, uh, Ash Taylor. Um um, I'm sure that I'm sure that the the, the phrase he used in his, his statement when he's leaving twice a dawn will bristle with you, Richard. Uh, <laughs> that's not, I'm sure that's once a dawn is something you've uh, you've kind of taken umbrage with in the past. Um, guy who's been, guy who's been he's been fairly solid for us at times, uh, prone to, prone to a bit of a mistake. Uh, I would say, Shona, he has been one of our strongest players this season. But does that say a lot about him, or does that say how much we've struggled this season? <laughs>
2: um, um, he has been one of the best defenders this season. I thought before he got his injury, anyway. But yeah, our defense actually hasn't been our biggest issue this season. It's been more more up up top in the fact that we just aren't creating anything, and our our link-up play between defense and up front is just is just next to nothing at at present. Sometimes, anyway. Um, So, I'm not surprised he's gone either. I'm not surprised by any of the defence that's gone, to be honest with you, purely because we're bringing in Declan Gallagher. um, We're bringing in Scott Brown as a defensive midfielder. And I just think it it was a section that needed to be addressed, and Glass has obviously made that call quite early on of who he's going to release out of defence. So, I wasn't, again, wasn't surprised that Taylor left.
0: I suppose one thing we can say about him, uh, Amy, is that you know, when, when Aberdeen have been playing really well, he has played in some good Aberdeen teams and he has performed for us in the past.
3: Yeah, completely. And I think, as we just mentioned there, even this season, and I think, well, it probably would be easy to, to, to put that down to the fact that the team itself hasn't been great. I think Ash actually has had a really good season. Um, and it's a shame that he's been injured towards the end. And I'm actually no fan of Ash Taylor myself. So that's quite great um, praise from me to say that. Um, but, but I think he definitely has had some great moments over the years. Um, and I think it. it, it, it It is a shame that he's obviously gone, and he obviously said in that statement that he probably didn't really want to go, um, but I think it was time, and obviously, as was mentioned there, the the, the intentions of Stephen Glass are very, very clear, what he's doing um, with that defensive line, and I think the stronger we make it, the better. um, and And Ash, maybe, was never the most reliable option. As I say, he had some great moments, but it wasn't a consistent performance from him ever.
1: I think you've got to consider as well the way that Stephen Glass wants us to play and how he wants his players to be on the ball and I think if there's a clear weakness in Ash Taylor's game it's uh, absolutely when the ball's at his feet. I think in many respects suited to what you get a lot of weeks in the SPFL in terms of the opposition attacks and therefore he actually does quite well a lot of the time. to, you know, try and ask him to play with the ball at his feet, or, or try and ask him to have the pace to recover if we if we lose the ball high at the park. Uh, he he's not really the man for that. I think added to that, I think he was on a reasonable salary, so I think um, the opportunity to to let him go and to to freshen things up was was probably there for for Stephen Glass. Um, I, I think the hoping one's slightly more of a surprise, although. I think that's been signposted during the season because I I honestly think if Tommy Hoban had been of a mind to hang about here then I think we would have had a longer deal tied up probably December, January time to be perfectly honest Um, even given the financial restrictions that obviously we've been In common with every other club in the country We've been working under Um, uh, He was the guy who who was A lot more comfortable with the ball at his feet He Didn't have that pace, could definitely get exposed Wasn't quite the sort of Rolls Royce That a lot of people were were talking about At the start of the season, but definitely somebody that was That was more than capable Of playing at this level and looking like A good player at this level as well Again, maybe comes down To to what sort of salary he was looking to attract uh, And maybe the belief Is that that can be that can be spent better elsewhere. I think what is um, going to be key is: um, are these replacements? Are the replacements for Taylor and Hoban Are they going to be an upgrade or substantial upgrade, even on on keeping two guys that kind of know the place and know the score and know the league?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, Tommy Holman's played—he played forty-two times for us this season. That's actually the most games he's he's actually ever played in a season in his career. Um, so for a guy coming back for what was a very, not really serious injury, and there was thoughts about whether he would come back at all, um, I, know he, I think you know, perhaps the reason we, you know, he's kind of dropped a bit of form towards the end of the season is that amount of games he's perhaps played. But there's a, you know, that's a guy who, you know, in his early spell with us, really looked promising. And I think, I think Richard's probably nailed it there. It's probably a financial th- thing rather than... A, a footballing
2: decision Out of everyone I was quite surprised That Tommy Holbin I, I think you're right With that it, it definitely To me is probably A financial issue Because I, I think From the first half of the season I think he did really well And um, Yeah I guess he, His performance did tail off A little bit But I think that's just Due to the sheer amount Of games he's played You know he's not played A full season I don't think For the majority Of his career Due to the length Of injuries that he gets But I think he was promising and I, I, he definitely has a talent and I'm sure he'll get picked up from another club because, yeah, I, I think he is quite a good good, good choice to have in defence if you need him.
1: I mean, just to expand on that, uh, just on a personal level, uh, I think we said this at the start of the season, that I, I'm delighted for him that he's managed to put together a full season of games. I think that's brilliant. At his age, which I think he's 27 now, he he can finally feel like he's, he's got a professional football career in front of him. When there must have been some really, really dark days Over the past couple of years With the injuries that he's had So so on that basis, I'm I'm just absolutely delighted He's had a solid, injury-free campaign Maybe he hasn't hit the heights In terms of his personal, the team's performance But for him personally, just to get those games And to play those games And, and feel like a professional footballer again I, I'm just delighted for him
0: and The final one we saw, we saw being announced today uh, Which of no real surprise um Greg Greg Lee was um, announced as leaving. Amy. Um, guy brought in, brought in as a short term loan. Um, obviously was then signed again as a kind of stopgap, fill in, and then got himself injured. Um, you no, know, I don't think we ever really saw so much of what he could do. I, th- I think there was the one game that he played in in midfield with, with Zach Viner, wasn't it? I think. Uh, but other than that, we really we really saw didn't get a chance to see anything from him. And there was there's no surprise that he's he's going to find himself on his way.
3: Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. I don't think anyone was shocked to see Greg Lee's name on that list. Um, Again, it's one of those ones that's a little bit of a shame for him that we've really not seen much of him at all, but it goes back to that root problem of we're trying to just kind of put sticking plasters on holes for the last couple of years um, and it doesn't really work. Um, and it means that, that guys like that are kind of, they're, they're not getting a proper chance to embed in the team either because they're away and back and, and we've just got all these kind of people coming in for short-term spells and no wonder we end up with people injured. Um, so I, I do think that the Greg Lee thing is, it's again, it's another one of those real shames of this season. Um, but what can you do? I hope he really does find a, another club and gets a, a, a decent wisp and has a good run ahead of him because I think he is a good player. He's um, just obviously not had any chance at all to show that um, at Petardry this season.
0: We also, we also the, the stories are that there's been four players offered new deals as well. The most, the most, I think the most exciting one probably is Bruce Bruce Anderson, who spent the last six months on loan at Hamilton. Um, Shona, he went down there. He started off pretty well. He scored a couple of goals in the early games, um, but. I suppose as the, what, as the risk comes from when you send a young player to a team that are really scrapping and fighting for relegation, um, his performances have just tailed off as as really as, as as Hamilton started to kind of became doomed.
2: Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Bruce Anderson and I, I think he should get another chance at Aberdeen. I feel like he hasn't been given enough game time. I think in the time that he has played, he's proved that he you know, calm work up front. It's just under the McInnes system, he never wanted to play two for some reason. He loved playing just the one lone striker. So that just didn't suit Bruce Anderson's style of play. And I think, um I hope he gets a good chance under Glass to prove what he can do. And I think that's why ultimately Glass has decided to give him a new deal as it's expected to go through quite soon. And I guess on the one hand it is, you know, just Bruce wants to come back and I'm pretty sure he would want to prove himself or, you know, on a year's contract, if that's what it's going to be, um and I'm quite excited about it. I'm quite excited to see what he can actually do, and I just hope he gets that time to prove himself because I, I think that is one thing he hasn't been able to do at the Dons. And as you say, you know, at Hamilton, it was always going to be difficult when you go to a relegation team to keep that level of performance up when they're fighting for survival. I
1: think the only thing I'd say on booths is that you know, this was his first opportunity. Premier League level to have a consistent run of games And he did score a couple early on And people were, you know, obviously All over social media going, oh, why did we let him go Especially when the guys Who were brought in to replace him in on loan Did absolutely nothing for for games on end And we went 26 games without scoring Or however long it was But, you know, ultimately It's two goals in 13 games uh, At Hamilton And they ended up relegated I mean, he was Given the opportunity to prove himself by scoring goals that would take Hamilton clear of relegation, and he wasn't able to do that. Now, clearly, the onus wasn't just on Bruce Anderson's shoulders when it came to that. But, and I'll probably, when we come to talk about Ethan Ross, it's the same kind of idea. I, I just wonder if, you know, it's 22 now, Bruce is. I just wonder, shouldn't we be hoping for a little bit of a higher standard from these guys when they hit this age? To allow them to be featuring the Aberdeen first team Same with Ethan Ross At, at um, Rovers. he was early in the season Scored one very, very good goal Didn't really do too much else from what I'm hearing Again, is that enough to come back in And get another year, another two years Whatever it's going to be with Ethan Ethan's good few years younger I just have my concerns about Bruce that he he might just end up hanging about here and if it is one more year that's probably the right decision. I, I you know I think the manager wants to see what he's about. He's no doubt heard good things from the from the guys who are already at the club who've still been at the club maybe from other people in Scottish football. I think one more year is probably the right call. I'm just a bit concerned that that loan at Hamilton went the way it did.
3: So I've got a little bit of an in-between opinion on this one. Um, I think Bruce is an absolutely cracking player. Um, but I don't think that he should come back to Aberdeen this season. Um, I think that even when he's been performing not very well at Hamilton, he's looked like he's enjoying being there more than he ever did at Aberdeen. Um, And I know there was probably issues with the previous management and whatever, but I just don't think that Aberdeen's the place for him. And I don't think he's the solution to our problems just now. I think it would also be better for Bruce to have a club where he's not a mid-tier club that are perhaps not um, got a fan base that are so keen to get them to third and he's not also not a club that are fighting to avoid relegation um, I think he's one of these players that needs a strong team around him because he can't carry a team on his own um, and he's only going to fit into a team that's already performing pretty well um, and that's obviously not us at the moment um, so I would have passed on Bruce but I know that that's probably quite a
1: controversial opinion You've got to consider as well the the time that you spent at the start of the season at ERA United where <sighs> You know, he barely got a look in. Again, I think he scored maybe one or two in his first couple of games. And then there was nothing after that. So the script is pretty similar to Hamilton. Um, Then again, that's what um, Lawrence Shanklin did in his last year at Aberdeen. I think he's obviously come back and proved that he can play and do relatively well at Premier League level. Not necessarily score the number of goals that he's... um, that he's been used to scoring in the lower leagues, which it's understandable. But I think he's definitely been one of Dundee United's better players this season, as uh, they scramble to a uh, Craig Brown satisfying ninth in the table.
0: Oh, Richard, we nearly got through the whole podcast without you mentioning Craig Brown. You just can't help yourself. Um, you mentioned Ethan Ross there, so we'll just we'll, we'll talk about talk about Ethan Ross a bit as well. Um, no, Richard's right; it does kind of there is kind of parallels there. Uh, Bruce Anderson obviously spent his time at Dunfermline He played, I think he played about 10, 10 or 15 games for Wraith Rovers um, On loan earlier this season as well, before we recalled him uh, But since he's came back, he's been, you know the, Probably the definition really of, of you know, a kind of squad filler I think he had one, perhaps one start um, And he's and he's he's came on a, a few times as a sub I mean, this is another guy who you're, you know I, I know I understand. No, he's, a, he's still a young player. I think he's only about eighteen or nineteen. Uh, maybe, maybe just coming up for twenty. Um, you know, it's like this is perhaps a guy for the future who you would be taking a taking. Are we taking a chance off from another de- another year? Um, or have, I, I mean, we ca- we can't really say we've seen enough or seen anything that we could probably judge, can we? Yeah,
3: completely. That's it. Like I. I can barely think of of very many times at all that I've actually seen them on the pitch playing. Um, And I think it's back to that point of it would be lovely to give these guys a chance and to see what they've got to give, but we're just not in the position as a club to do that. You can do that when you've got some great players, but what we need to bring in is great players. Um, And unfortunately, that means that I I don't really think there's room for people like Ethan Ross to be kind of getting their chance to prove themselves. Um, I... I just—I wasn't really too keen when I seen that, um, seen that offer, and I'm not really sure why we've done it. But maybe I'll be proved wrong, and hopefully I'll be proved wrong. Um, but as you say, like I, 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 we don't have very much at all to judge
0: on. I think, it's, I mean, Richard. I mean, once, it, it's, it, let's just say for he is—he's offered, offered another year, and he takes it. I mean, you'll you'll probably play a lot, play a lot more football next season. But you'll be playing—you'll be playing youth football. But you'll be playing, no, you'll know, be playing at least ninety minutes every week. And then he'll be stepping stepping on into the 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 first team squad. He'll be on the bench perhaps, and then coming on. So you'll probably you'll be in and around the club. I mean, I guess that I don't I don't really know the answer to this. I mean, what what do you learn from them by putting them? uh, Some of these players go to Dunfermline and they seem they struggle. Um, Go to Wraith Rovers and these perhaps they struggle. No. It'll be, hopefully it'll, next season it will be better Because you know, the, the, all levels of football Should you know, touch would be back And we'll be able to keep an eye on him And see a lot more of him
1: I think there's that, there's that window as well And you know Ethan might already Have, have missed it in terms of being able To maximise your playing time between, between the ages of 17 and 21 And um, I, I agree that this season For a lot of our young players Because of the Restrictions in the lower leagues Because that they were shut down for a long time um, Because there's been difficulty in getting even the under-18 leagues going it, it, It's been a real hindrance for a lot of young people across Scotland In a lot of different respects this past 12 months But our young footballers as well So um, I think we'll only see the impact of that down the line obviously um, But I think next season, Ethan Ross, if he's getting another year He's intended to be around that first team squad And see if he can make an impact I, I can't imagine if he's If the offer is just one year that he's been That the intent is to then loan him out You know what I mean, he's going to be in that squad And he, he, he's going to get some game time um, As one of the attacking midfielders Obviously it looks like Stephen Glass wants to play A sort of four two three one four three two one. So there are spots up for grabs there It's up to him to, to go and stake his claim
0: And Amy, one of the the names we've seen rumoured to be offered another deal, Um, someone we all thought was probably on his way out of the club, Uh, was Niall McGinn.
1: Oh yeah,
3: I'm delighted by that one, I have to say. I was uh, quite gutted when I thought that he was going to be on the way out the door, so really, really pleased to see that it seems that he will be sticking around in Aberdeen for the foreseeable, because he's another one of these guys, we've mentioned it before, we've got this quite promising kind of set of youth players coming through, um, but alongside that we really do need to keep some sort of kind of older experienced players, and I think Niall is one of those um, and he's, he's not someone that should be starting um, successive games, and the, as he was there just for a little period of time, that doesn't suit him at this age. But what does suit him is being a reliable impact sub, someone we can bring on um, later on in a game um, when people like Hedges or whatever are maybe a little bit tired or have, have been injured or whatever. Um, Ni- Niall's a great option to have. As I say, shouldn't shouldn't be starting <laughs> successive games in our in our starting lineup, but definitely someone we should keep around. And I think um, I'm certainly really pleased. And I think a lot of people are really pleased to see that. That he's staying.
1: Well, I think we should maybe temper that a little bit by saying that these are just offers that have been put in. I think in uh, Niall's case, it is on significantly reduced terms. Which, given that he's just come to the end of the contract that he signed after he came back from Korea, is probably understandable that it's significantly reduced <laughs> terms. So, so, we'll see if, if he decides to stay. Um, if he prefer, prefers that stability over, you know, what might be other options on the table. Who knows.
0: Yeah, the la- the last one um, we saw was um, the rumor of. We've seen a couple of different rumors for this one, Michael for Michael Devlin, Richard. I've seen rumors of a six month trial, um, or I've seen a six month contract, or should I say, or I've seen I've also seen, seen that it's been rumored that he's going to be joining up the squad with a with a review of you to a trial ahead of um, being offered a contract. I mean, if it's if it is just six months, then, I mean, it can't do any harm to have a look at him, is it?
1: Guess you've got to ask yourself you know, is, Was Michael Devlin for Aberdeen Or could Michael Devlin for Aberdeen Have been better when either asked Taylor or Tommy Hobin, he were also in the building And again maybe it just comes down to finances Maybe it's been It's a case that they believe that they can get Michael Devlin on, on cheap terms Maybe it is the case that he's going to be assessed When he's fit We're dealing with slightly incomplete information Here but you know, it's been a long Time since we got excited About what Michael Devlin could Bring to an Aberdeen team And you know He's probably started More games for Scotland Than he has for Aberdeen In the last 18 months But those opening Six months Were very bright I just wonder How much of that Was um, sort of The Xander Diamond Russell Anderson effect You know He was alongside Scott McKenna Who was probably At that stage uh, Even making His centre half partners Look look pretty good As Russell Anderson Used to do To, to people Who played alongside him I don't know I, I, He just seems a bit Broken Frankly I mean, he'd He'd had injury issues at Hamilton before he came here. He'd had a couple of relatively lengthy injuries before before this unspecified one, which has kept him out for pretty much the majority of this season. It's um, I'm not sure it's a particularly wise move, unless, as I say, it, it's something that they believe they can get done quite cheaply.
2: I think if it's on a short-term deal, I don't see why we shouldn't give him a goal. I I actually quite like McDevlin. I think he is quite a strong pair, like safe, you know, person to have in your defense. And I was quite impressed with him when he did have game time. And yeah, he was playing against Scott, with Scott McKenna, but I, I, I think why not give him a go if it, if it's for six months or if it is this trial period, because you know, he's been out for such a long time. You need to give that guy a a little bit of a confidence boost. And I don't see why not, because I think he's proved himself enough in this premiership that he can, you know, have a good game on his day when he's not when he's injury free. So I was quite happy to see that we were considering him.
0: As Richard referred to earlier, we bought in two. Um, repeated the old McInnes trick of signing other teams' captains. Uh, we're bringing in um, the notorious Scott Brown and, of course, Declan Gallagher, um, Scotland international Declan Gallagher. So quite a big, quite a, quite a, good, a good signing for us there. I mean. Going by going by those ones so far, Emily, um, which one of the ones are you most excited about?
3: Um, definitely Declan Gallagher. Um, I think that's a it's a really good sign in actually. Um, and it's a, it's a fantastic sign-in. Um, and it means we've we've definitely got one guaranteed player in the Euro team, I hope. Um but I think that, obviously, I have my reservations about Scott Brown. Um, but I think those are more to ter- in, in, in terms of his character as opposed to his ability on the pitch. And I think, I hope he proves me wrong. Um, and I hope that he will um, be this, everyone seems to think that he's going to be this kind of character in the dressing room um, that's going to kind of bring the team back together. And I really hope that that is right. Um, and, I, and I hope that I'm wrong. But I'm quite pessimistic at the moment. Um, But in terms of Declan Gallagher I think that that is really an excellent sign And and something that we should really be looking forward to um, Come next season Um, And I hope that that will um, It's a good sign of um, how our defence I think will shape up
1: Listen I can hear people sighing already But I suppose given that we Kind of went big on Scott Brown's Off-field character I I suppose we should mention Declan Gallagher And probably in passing Mention Alan Russell (laughs) as well I think the difference with Declan Gallagher is that, um, he obviously committed a, a pretty horrendous crime, but he has served his time for it. Um, and, you know, if we, as a society, are we going to have to accept that that's part of the redemption and that whole story? Whereas Scott Brown obviously was given the opportunity to, to, um, apologize, express remorse for, for how he handled the, uh, Shea Logan incident, but, but didn't do that. So that's how I choose to look at it anyway I'm not over the moon um, with signing somebody with his background from a personal viewpoint Um, As a player I think he's, he's done well when he's played for Scotland, I've obviously not really seen him enough playing for Motherwell you know, I, my question mark is definitely whether he's he's significantly better than the centre halfs so we've let go today. To be perfectly honest, because he's got the Scotland cast, because he's in the squad, because he's part of that team that's qualified for the Euros, people are people are excited about it. I just don't know whether he's got the. You know, we spoke earlier on about the the ability on the ball, um, and maybe having that pace to recover if we do lose the ball high up. I don't know if those are two characteristics that uh, that Declan Gallagher has, so um, I'm definitely on the fence about this one, but but I know that a lot of people are, are pretty excited by it. I
0: know there's there's a whole there's a larger moral debate surrounding that, which I know I know that it's you no know, we're not the we're not the time or the place for that sort of thing, but it's it's definitely something that deserves to be brought up and mentioned because um, you know we like to I think as you no know, as, as Aberdeen fans we like to think of ourselves and as the whole kind of stand free and all this kind of stuff, um, and then when you sign somebody. With his with his past and yes, you're right. He's he's paid he's paid for what he did, um, but I still think it. I still think it's a discussion that deserves to be had. And we also had we've also had some transfer rumours as well. Now before we could, we could go on, I should also say that no, pretty much all of this transfer this transfer business and rumours comes from Scott Burns on Twitter. Um, who, if you're an Aberdeen fan um, and you want to know the inside scoop, then you follow Scott Burns don't follow us or anybody else or one of these nameless accounts you no, faceless accounts on Twitter if Scott burns Scott burns says it then that's the man you need that's the man you need to see because um, he's the reliable voice um but the, <laughs> the rumored names we've seen about coming in um is former Don uh, Clark Robertson Shona Um obviously Clark you know he played for us um well, was ten, obviously ten years ago now um, he was unfortunately one of the one of the young players who was on the pitch during uh, the the nine nil game at Celtic Park. That was, I think, it was only his third or fourth start for us as well, which is just so unfortunate for a young player, really hampered by injuries before he left. Um, and he's gone on to have a moderately, a moderately decent successful career down in England. I'm not going to pretend that I've followed his career down there. Um, I would assume that you know you're much the same as myself.
2: Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> followed his career <laughs> since he moved down there. I know he went to Blackpool for a while and did yes, uh, and did not too badly there. But I, no, I I really haven't followed where he's gone now. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what club he's at now, which is pretty terrible.
1: It's oh, he's
2: at he's at Rotherham. There we go. I've just been yeah. told. Um, <laughs> so I think under McInnes, it, I I don't know how well he got on with the management when he was at Aberdeen. I couldn't really tell you that that much about it. But he, about yeah, he was okay when he played for us, and as you say, hampered with a lot of injuries, and he played in that 9-0 game. So I mean, we can't really go off the basis of what he did at Aberdeen. So we'll see how it goes. You know, if he does agree to come back, it'll be interesting to see how he's progressed since the time he left us. That you know how many years ago now.
1: It's uh, imagine the stick again. The biggest you would have got if, if Clark Robertson was there was a signing target this summer for him.
0: Yeah, other name that we saw linked with us, uh, Amy Lee, was uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas. Um, now, Richard's decreed that we can't call him by his nickname <laughs> on here, um, so we have to call him by his full name. I'm sorry, that's just the rules. Um, now, are we signing him under the Curtis main rule, that, in that he's had a couple of good games against us, so therefore we must bring him in?
3: Oh yeah, totally. That's the absolutely stinks of that. Um, he's definitely one of those players that I think that, has been a real pain for us this season in terms of um, play, playing games against other teams. And we've definitely just went, OK, we'll just take him. I, I, I think he looks good. Um, he does. He can He can hold up the ball. I, he's, I think he looks like a strong player. Um, but I just do think it is a bit of a bizarre sign-in. Um, I, I think that's definitely been the the thinking behind it there, and I do agree on your point about the name. He should definitely be getting his full name on his Aberdeen shirt. I'm not having this nickname nonsense either.
1: I knew it was coming, and I can see it now. He's going to be jet on the back of his shirt, and be like, and he'll have a wacky <laughs> number as well. It'll be like 99 or 75 or oh, oh.
0: I mean, I'd, I mean, I'll mean, I be honest Richard I was just thought you'd be dying to run the Alan Partridge references into the ground I'll be totally honest with you I mean that, that seemed right up your street for me so I'm absolutely shocked that you're you're not impressed by the nickname
2: Underglass Livingston's only team that we've managed to beat under him so he's probably like hmm, yes I'll take the striker because I managed to beat them twice <laughs>
1: But we'll see. Again, my question is, if you're after a striker who's going to fit into this sort of high press, high intensity system, is is he somebody that's going to do that? And again, there's somebody we'll have to pay money for as well. So so it's interesting, certainly. It doesn't seem to fit with the philosophy, it doesn't seem to fit with the footballing brand. But again, you know, we, we have to get on this. He's going to be backed and um, it's going to be sink or swim, I suppose.
0: So there has also been some paper talk as well about interest in Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory. Um, a bid from Watford. There's rumored a rumored two million pound bid from Watford has been turned down uh, for Lewis Ferguson, and also there has been uh, allegedly some interest for Ross McCrory uh, from Sunderland. Uh, now Shona, uh, those would be two pretty. those are two pretty vital players. Um, two million pounds for someone. Like Lewis Ferguson, who, well, having not been um, at the heights he's been in previous seasons, was probably still our best player, um, or one of our best players at least this season, and one of our most consistent ones. Uh, you would rather than cashing in, you'd be looking to. He's one of the guys you're looking to build your side around, isn't he?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think we'd be really, really daft to get rid of Lewis Ferguson in the, in the summer, even if it is for two million. I don't even. Think, I think he's worth more than two million pounds. To be honest with you, I think if you get another. Couple of seasons out with him in Scottish football, he can learn a lot more, and then he could maybe even progress even further down in England. You know, he's made that he's made it clear that that's his ambition is to move down south rather than move to the Glasgow too, which is what we always wanted to hear. And um, I think he, can, you know, I'm not even sure how much game time he would get for Watford. They've just moved up to the Premiership, obviously, um, after winning the Championship this season. So. I, I, you, you absolutely have to build your team around him if Aberdeen want to move up further at the table and not just stay at this fourth and not going into any cup finals this season. It, it's not really what any fan wants to see or what either anyone at the club wants to see either. So that they have to keep him. That is my number one thing for the club this season. In the summer, keep Louis in at all
1: costs. You know, I like to be contrary, Martin, and also I like to argue with our guests. So, um, but um, I'm I'm just going to I am going to take the opposite view. Not that I don't think that Lewis Ferguson is a good player, and you know we 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 should be building a team around him because I think he is our best footballer. But I don't think he's good enough to be able to bridge the gap between Aberdeen and first and second. And I think also it's inevitable he will leave. Now this summer with three years left in his contract It's, it's about maximising the value that we get Now we don't run a football club We don't support a football club To support the balance sheet You know what I mean But I think if we were to push that offer up Maybe get something like 4 million down For Lewis Ferguson Which I think is realistic Then that can, that can go a long way in the In the transfer market this summer That can be used a lot more effectively Across the whole team Than maybe Lewis himself can You know, I think in terms of Lewis's development as well, I think there's going to be a limit to to how far he can go here at Aberdeen. We want him to take that next step now, which is to actually go on and start dominating games. And there's been hints of that, but not quite enough of that lately. And partly that's been because of the whole, uh, the way in which the teams form as a whole has suffered, obviously, this season. But you want him to be taking that next step if he does stay at Aberdeen. But, But ultimately, I would, I would be comfortable with selling for the right price either Lewis Ferguson or Ross or indeed both of them this summer?
3: I, I, I think you're so right. I think with Lewis Ferguson, we have to take the money and run. Um, I don't think two million's enough. I, I do think that he's worth more and that we do need to take more money for him. Um, but I think you are right. He's probably the player that we would build our team around. But also, we fully expect him to move on in the near future. So why would you build your team around a player that we don't expect to be here with us for a very long term? Um, and the point about his progression as well, I think that he's he's obviously been he's been great at Aberdeen, and I think this season our team have probably held him back. Um, he's not been great, but I think it's probably been hard to be a good player and among a team that's not been very good. Um, and, and so I think for both Lewis Ferguson and for our benefit, that we should let him go and we should just take. Take, take the highest offer for him.
2: Nah, nah, sorry, I don't agree with you either, (laughs) he is rubbish.
0: (laughs) I mean, on, on, on McCrory, uh, you mean, obviously the interest is coming from Sunderland, uh, who, you know, are, are only, they're qualified for the League One playoffs, uh, so there's no, there's no guarantee that they'll come up and they'll be in the English Championship. Um, I mean, I understand, no. Obviously McCrory's only been here for, for a season. I know we can uh, we talk about League One and League Two, you know, being you know some you know, people in England say that you no know, Scottish Scottish Premier Scottish FB, uh, SPFL, sorry, excuse me, is a step down from that. Um, and mean, we kind of uh, look down on that, but I mean, is, is going to Sunderland and potentially spending a, a season in League One financially, it might be good for Ross McCrory but um, is, is it would it really be a good a good move for him? I mean, we, we certainly know he's not going to go to any of the teams above us. Above us in the league, he's certainly not going to go to Rangers or Celtic, is he, Richard?
1: <laughs> well, uh, given that Rangers got shot of him um, a bit months exactly. ago, um, and I doubt he's going to Parkhead um, as Scott Brown's replacement somehow. I've before about you know where does Ross McCurry fit into this Aberdeen squad, and you know that debate only really intensifies with Scott Brown coming. Now, if the idea is to is to keep him in midfield and have him as one of sort of two. Harriers and chasers in front of Scott Brown, then, then, then fine. But again, I, I'm not sure if he's quite good enough on the ball to justify that. He'll have his eyes set at some point on a move down south. I dare say. I think this year again of all years is maybe not going to be quite the same money floating about in the Championship or, or indeed, League One than there has been previously, given everything that's happened. Um, I think Watford or, or teams. In the bottom end of the premiership are, are going to be much more cash rich And therefore able to Almost buy a project like a Lewis Ferguson Somebody who wouldn't necessarily Walk straight into their first team Mind you, we said that about Lewis Ferguson When we signed him from Hamilton, didn't we? We didn't think he was coming in as a first team player And he's, he's never been out the team since So so I think Ross McCurry will, will definitely have his eyes on down south, but it, it does seem a little bit too early. But, you know, if we were to, say, triple our money on, on Ross McCurry get 1.2, 1.5 million, something like that, I'd find that really hard to say no to.
0: Well, it remains to be seen, obviously, what happens. I mean, that was just some some paper talk. And uh, now that the season's over for us anyway, um, I'm sure there'll be a, a full summer of, of the Jungle Drums beating. It'll be a lot of fun uh but wanna go back to speak of speak about the season, um what our me- what our memories are of this season. I mean we'll come to you first, Amy Lee. Um what was your I mean, what's your abiding memory of this season it's just finished? I mean it's been you know, it's it's obviously been a chore at times, it's been a nightmare, you no, know, apart from that one game where the trial, no nobody's been in to see his play. Uh, but you know, so what's your what is your abiding memory? What's a, what's your kind of highlights so far of this past season?
3: Oh, definitely that six 0 win we had in Europe right at the at the beginning of the season. Um, I know it didn't <laughs> count towards anything in the league, but that was that was my favourite moment of the, the the whole season. That corner from Hedges, I'll never forget it. Um, and I just think that 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 was one of the things that's frustrated me the most is. He looked so promising, and Hedges looked absolutely fantastic at that point in the season. And then he got injured, um, and I just think what could have been if that didn't happen. Um, but that is definitely my key key moment. And um, I've got to say, I had a good night in the in the bets that <laughs> night as well with my my Hedges goals. So yeah, that's it for me. Yeah,
0: I mean, hey, Richard, it started off. Did it started off all looking so so brightly, didn't it? I mean, who would have thought this season? This season of all seasons, um, when we can't get into games, we would have got, we would have potentially, you no know, and I know, obviously, it might have been different. An away trip to to Lisbon. Imagine missing out on that. Eh? Well,
1: the three of them, to be honest, are, would have all been sensational trips. Obviously, different levels of accessibility for for the three of them. But yeah, the favourites, Stavanger and Lisbon, would have been. Trips. And they would have made people think differently of this season because if you'd been part of 2000 Aberdeen fans who went to see us win in Norway and drank them dry of 12, uh, 12 pound beers in Stavanger Harbour, then you would have, you know, you would have remembered that. You would have had that as a fond memory. Or if you'd gone to Lisbon with your mates, again, watch the Dons in this massive stadium and been at one of the best cities in Europe to, to follow your football team, you would just have. A better thought of this whole campaign Everybody is going to remember This time in their lives This season of football Because of the circumstances But Equally everyone's going to absolutely forget The individual games And that's partly because of how we played But it's mostly because of how We've had to Witness them there were some there were some decent games, there were some good performances. Um, you have to go back a while to pick them out right enough. But you know, the three three against Celtic would have been a great game of witness in the flesh. The the tuna over Hebbs, we would have enjoyed that on the Friday night at Petodre, a few beers before and after. And all that's taken away. And so even if it had been a brilliant season on the pitch, the there was just so little joy to be had from from the experience this year. My moment of the season is is probably missing out on on those, which would have been you know for fans of other teams once in a generation sort of trips. I mean, just just brilliant, different three different but three brilliant trips.
0: Um, Shona, uh, what's your what's your memories of what with the season we've just watched?
2: So mine for me, it's a, it's a bit of a weird one, but it's actually for on a personal level because I actually know the assistant coach of Viking. And all we'd spoke about like two years ago, oh well, wouldn't it be amazing if Aberdeen played uh Viking in the in the Europa League <laughs> and it actually happened. It happened during a season where no G could go. So I actually interviewed him just before the match and Obviously, we ended up beating them 2-0 and then the, the match was attributed to Tony Doherty's dad. So that was quite nice on a personal level. But it was just really strange for me because I would have totally gone. And, and we've been speaking about it just bef- like not long before. But obviously, because of the pandemic, nobody could go. And you're right. It's such a big shame that that hasn't happened because who knows when we'll play them again. <laughs> that,
0: that would have been good for you as well. A cheeky but a corporate. Uh, corp- Away in Stavanger would have been would have been a lot of fun. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they would have sorted you out.
2: I'm sh- I'm not sure he would have, but
0: <laughs>
2: but um, he did ask me. He was like, "Oh, who are you going for? Is it Aberdeen or me?" And I was like, "Obviously Aberdeen." It's like that's a rhetorical question. We've
0: got, got to keep it real with the, 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 the little people, I suppose. Eh? Is that right? Is that right, Shona?
2: Absolutely. Nobody wants nobody wants corporate in a, in a way ground. You've got to stick with your Aberdeen fans. <laughs>
0: Uh, so we're going to wrap up the podcast with our hopes for next season. Um, now Richard, I'll come to you first. Um, you're not allowed to say the Scottish Cup, so because um, we he say that every, every time we do this podcast we always say we want the Scottish Cup. Um, so you have to give me something different this year. This is the sixth year or seventh year we've done it.
1: Well, this will be different because I, I just hope that from day one of the season, which will be the second round of the European Conference League qualifiers, I just hope that we... We don't have any restrictions in terms of going to the games You know, if we have to If we have to wear masks on the ground Then then fine, I I can just about live with that But You know, no no restrictions on attendance And, you know, that's obviously For the middle of July Maybe a bit optimistic I I, I said before in one of the podcasts That, you know, if we're still stuck Watching these games on uh, Laptops at the start of next season I'll buy a season ticket Because I've always bought a season ticket but I don't know if I can watch them. It's just, it's just no joy, no joy, no fun, no camaraderie whatsoever uh, in the experience. Don't like football that much, you know. I don't like the game itself that much to to get any to get any real enjoyment out, out of that experience. So that's all I want next season. I, I don't care if we're, if you know if we're bottom six and miserable. I, I will be delighted just to be back be back to a ritual of beers beforehand in the ground with your mates talking nonsense that's all i want
0: i miss the walk down Merkland road stupid stuff i miss i miss no once every two three months i miss at the martin ingram for five minutes when i buy the red final just it's all the daft wee things as well um that are that obviously this the pandemic and everything has taken off taken away from us um and just like you say just the, the, the football as well, um, and that the camaraderie of football is really um, is really what we're all missing. Uh, Amy Lee, what's your hopes for next season?
1: Oh,
3: I think it, I've got to agree. I just I just want to be back uh, in the stadium. It'd be great to be in the red shed singing the songs again. I can't tell you how many times I've been in my living room and I've just wanted to keep singing along. To you know, it's like, well singing songs when people have scored or when somebody's done something, and it's just not the same. It's just you watching on your laptop and it's just you you're completely right richard there's just not the same feeling to it at all and um, i'm looking forward to getting back to the, the the pub beforehand the pies at half time um and hopefully I'll, I'll i'll bring the expectations down a little bit and i'll say that i hope for a trip to Hamden um perhaps i won't go further than that
0: we we joke about it but we may have some food new food to sample in the stadium next season um obviously after <laughs> after dave's press conference and um, the carry on about rowies with bacon and all this um, so you never know what we're going to get to experience next season, do you Shona?
2: Oh, well, my boyfriend actually makes those rowies with bacon and egg pretty much every Sunday so he'll be absolutely thrilled
1: I've done
2: it once <laughs> He'll be absolutely thrilled that he can get that offering at Pataudry. Um wait wait wait, 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 wait
1: Bacon and egg in, what, in the middle of the rowie? In the that, middle that, of a rowie, that, yeah. That, that's messy. I mean,
2: how are you doing the egg there? Is it, is it frying it? What, what are you doing? Are this he's, frying, he's frying the egg. Yeah, it is manders, I know. And he puts brown sauce in it. I just got very confused.
1: I've
0: done it once. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, we, we've caused, I'm sorry, we've caused a domestic... Um, I
1: apologise.
2: <laughs> uh, but, you know, my hopes for the season would be uh, to reclaim third. I think that is a big one and... Obviously, I wouldn't mind seeing the Scottish Cup because I actually don't remember us winning it in my lifetime.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a long, long time ago. I mean, I was only ten, so um, yeah, that's a a long, very long time ago. Almost quite depressing.
2: I'm, no, I'm now getting a scowl from the other half here, that, so um, I shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't
0: uh, have
2: revealed uh, the rowy secret.
0: So that brings it in. That brings Master Chef. I mean, sorry. I mean, the Here We Go podcast. I'm sure we'll try to <laughs> reconvene ourselves over the over the summer and try and bring you some some special episodes if we if we possibly can. No, as Richard says, there, let's just hope we can get back at the stadium next season. It's been it's been torture this season. Um, it's been torture for Richard having to speak to me after every game and do the debriefs. Richard, I want to thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, that's actually my one wish that we never ever ever have to do another debrief in the history of this. Uh... <laughs> We thought we were doing those for two months no. 44 yeah. games later
0: <laughs> It's like One of the things, you know when you make a commitment To doing something <laughs> and you realise you actually have to Stick it out It's like a, It seemed like such a good idea at the time Um. Also want to thank our guests for the evening, thank you both For coming back on the show, thank you very much Shona
2: Yeah, thanks for having me guys, it was really good fun
0: It really was great and thank you very much Amy Lee It's my pleasure having you both on
1: Thanks so much, I hope my Glaswegian accent didn't bring it down too much <laughs> As long as you don't start rioting and um, singing religiously songs <laughs> in the middle of a, a, an empty square nearby you Amy that's
3: fine <laughs> I definitely won't don't worry
0: <laughs> but I really thank you thank you both for coming on thanks to everybody who's been a guest and came on and given us our time this season um, in what has been an absolute torturous um, experience for everybody um, living through this, this as a football season like I say we will try, we will try and be back over the summer uh, with some episodes for you Uh, But until then Thank God this season is over And for next season Come on you Reds